out of breath in the race of life And I won't look you in the eyes So I seem dandy, I seem fine Suffocating here inside Breathe in, breathe out For God, that sound I breathe in, breathe out I give oxygen a try Breathe the air where God resides And I don't trust you like I'd like at these rocky mountain heights Breathe in, breathe out For God, that sound Breathe in, breathe out Breathe in, breathe out That's a nice thing to start this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, it was weird. Rachel's dogs just tried to show her affection. Yeah, She's not having any of that crap. Well, I'm wearing jeans and they get sticky like when you lick them like that. Oh, if you say so. I'm going to put my phone on silent because that'd be really embarrassing to just have. What's your ringtone? My ringtone's pretty cool, actually. Oh, I think it's cool. Okay. I don't know if anybody else would. I don't know. Did we start? Are you recording? Yeah, we've, oh, we're, we're, my bad. we've been recording this whole time. Oh, well, hey, everybody. I'm I'm Jeff. I'm Rachel. And this is... Grandma, tell me a scary, scary story. story. The podcast. Yeah. Not the movie. Not the movie. Not yet. Or the audiobook. Mm, no, probably not. Or the stage play. Also not that. Okay. Or the illustrated coloring book. I mean, maybe. Oh, I like that plan. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Coloring books are fun. So we've got an episode for you today. Well, typically we have an episode for you. <laughs> That's probably why we're here. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like we have enough episodes to last you a month if you're just now joining us. I think so. We do. We do, because this is... Where are we at? Well, this is our full-length twenty episode 22. Oh, we have two more. Well, no, this is outside of, like, the vampire series we did, which was four. All right. And then all the short stories we did. Right. So with the short stories, it probably puts us up over 30. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So, today, I'm going to be talking about Spring-Heeled Jack. Sounds familiar. Maybe. I think as I go through it, you'll yeah, it'll come back to you. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of, um, what are those things called? The rabbits with, like, the deer antlers or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, they're not real, but, like, the... Oh, the jackrabbits Jackrabbits. There we go. Yeah. You know, like, you see the the rabbit head with the little antlers? Yeah. That's what it's making me think of. Yeah. No. Not, no. Not that. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Whatever. It still sounds familiar. Okay. So, Springhill Jack is an English Victorian folk creature slash urban legend whose first sighting was in 1837. And he was initially seen in... 
Okay, then. <laughs> Sorry. So he was initially seen in in central London. Then as time went on, he grew to go to the Midlands and then to Scotland and into Scotland. Ooh, hey, Scotland. Mm-hmm. We, all, we love Scotland here. Land of the Scots. Yep. Um, he earned his name due to his ability to make extraordinary leaps. Extraordinary leaps. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> like, how extraordinary? Like, like, can he dunk? No, it was basically like he was a human-sized jackrabbit. Oh, weird. Like, he could jump, like, 10, 11 feet into the air. So he'd be a good basketball player. He would be a great basketball player. And volleyball. Yeah. Um, and he had a frightful ex- frightful appearance that someone described almost as demonic. Ooh, fun. His hands were like razor blades. Mm, okay. And he had eyes as red as hellfire. Of course. Of course What so. is with the hellfire? Come on now. I mean, it says fireballs. I made it hellfire. <laughs> okay. It, it's hellfire just my... comes up a lot in a lot of these stories. You're welcome. <laughs> I like it. I know. You could tell. I didn't have noticed. The hellfire. So he usually initially appeared under the guise of a long, of a not a long, but a great cloak. And there's just there's some kind of discrepancy as to what he looked like underneath it. Hmm. So some saw him wearing like a tight fitting white garment, um, with you know just like real thin and emaciated. So he wasn't naked under there. No. Okay. Other people saw him as a very lean debonair man of course um it was said that he had some demonic like features you know like the eye like the red eyes and the hellfire eyes and you know the freddy krueger hand oh yeah hey don't don't diss freddy though he's my man i'm just saying and he was apparent he was it says he was charismatic but after reading the descriptions of some of his attacks he doesn't feel very charismatic (laughs) (laughs) let me let me touch you with my freddy krueger fingers Oh, no, he didn't ask. He just did it. That <laughs> was even more charismatic. Just so friendly, you're not going to care when I stab you. You're right. Um, And it was also reported that he could breathe fire. So he's like a dragon. And he's a dragon rabbit. A dragon. A rabbit dragon. A dragon? A drabbit. <laughs> a drabbit. A drabbit. He was a drabbit. <laughs> Whatever, drab it's fine, I guess. We'll go with it. So, during the early 19th century, um, London loved itself a good ghost story, as mo- a lot of people do nowadays. <laughs> I was just going to say, lo- 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 London, oh my gosh, London loved itself. I mean, they really probably did, but they loved, they loved itself a good ghost story. Good, good. And many people claimed that ghosts wandered the streets. They still do. Haunting and hunting for the lone person out on an evening stroll under the gas lights as the mist from the Thames came wafting in. Have you ever been to London? I have not. No, oh, well, I can see why they'd say that. Okay. I lived there for a while. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's believed that this, I guess, superstition that there were ghosts about in the streets may have laid the foundation for our, our good friend Jack. Oh, yeah. When when did this come about again? Uh, his first sighting was in 1837. So that's... that's Before or after Jack the Ripper? 
Um, right? That's Jack the Ripper was in. Jack, well, Jack the Ripper was in a different part of the area. He was in Whitechapel. Still. But I think it, I don't know saying. if it was around that. I think it might have been around this so time or a little Ripper bit before was in or after. Shoot, how come I can't remember what years Jack the Ripper was? It's fine. We'll do that when we cover him because we're going I know, to I'm cover just wondering him. If, well, we will, of course. Um, really disappointed in myself that I can't recall those years like right off the top of my Hold head. Hold on. This is something I should know. I've written many a paper on Jack the Ripper. Hold on. We'll get there. It's a very same. simple Google search. That was around 1888. Wow, so later. Yes. Bummer. That goes my whole theory. Yeah. Well, potentially. Potentially. Oh, okay. Fine. Potentially goes my whole theory. So the the two most prominent ghosts that are kind of linked to the tale of Spring-Heeled Jack are the Hammersmith ghost and the Southampton ghost. And if I had really cared about doing any research, I'd have looked into these, but I don't. Because they weren't part of the story, really. Oh, wait, I did. Hold on. <laughs> Actually, I did. I just lied. Well, on yeah. air. Listen, Not on air. No, it's on part recording. of the drama. The lying is part of the drama? It's called a twist. It's not a twist if you outline right lie. Blatantly yes, lying. No. See, that's like, oh, I wrote this movie and no one sees the ending coming because I blatantly lied about this person. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not was... a twist, it's a lie. <laughs> um, no, but on Bob's Burgers, okay, when they mm-hmm. do the musical episode. Which one is it a musical episode? Okay, most of them. I wish they all were. But <laughs> I don't know. Towards the end there, when the like everyone had like a song or two, and the episode was like, stop, stop. No, it's I love Bob's Burgers, but okay. Well, yeah, Tina does sing a lot, and so does Linda. But yeah, no, it's the one where the robber comes in and like he robs them in the middle of their little play in the restaurant, and then like he comes back because all the people are like so sad because like oh it's not the same. Anyway, oh yeah, okay. yeah, no, um, it's the Christmas one. It's a Christmas one. No, that's a hobo. I don't know. No, that's a that's the oh no, no you mean like the mannequin one? When he's like a mannequin, he says he's a mannequin and he's in love with another mannequin. Maybe that's so, and, and they do and they do like Christmas window displays. Yes. Anyway, we're getting. And there's off a the, different Christmas one where the tree gets stolen. Anyway, not in point. Yeah, we're getting we're getting off the point. We are. Yeah. What was the point? So the latter <laughs> ghost, the Southampton ghost. Gotcha was known to assault individuals at the night and bore many characteristics that would later go into the Spring-Heeled Jack tale. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. So as I stated, Jack was first seen in 1837, and his last official sighting was in Liverpool in 1904. So, Jack the Ripper was around 1988. Mm-hmm. His last official sighting was after that, mm-hmm. so... Jack the Ripper and Spring Hill Jack. They both have Jack. That makes it, that means it's clear then. Yeah, right. I got you. And my old neighbor Jack, he was probably also Jack the Ripper. Maybe. Reincarnated or something. Probably. As a 12 year old boy. Okay. Um, so. I think he was 12. I don't know. So the first um, kind of official victim that they name is a woman by the name of Mary Stevens, who was walking back to her employer's home because she was a servant for this gentleman so she's walking back to his home after visiting some relatives when jack jumped out of the alley and attacked her hmm. for a moment for some reason i was thinking he said she was the first suspect i was like interesting woman and then, how progressive <laughs> exactly 
basically. That's a twist right there. Yeah. That's the real twist. It was a, you marry. It was a woman. They marry. They marry, not Jack. My bad. I understand now. She was the victim. Yes. Okay. So he ha- he immobilized her with a very firm grip. Okay. And he began kissing her all over. Ew. And peeling off her clothes. Ew. Did not ask. Just doing it out in the middle of the street. I really did think you were going to say skin, though, because... The claws? Yeah. No, that's just what he used to pick the buttons off. Because, you know, Victorian women love buttons. Yes, I do know. Well, I think so with Victorian men, but... It... Buttons. All the buttons. Yes. Buttons, buttons, buttons. And she described his hands similar to that of a corpse. That Ew. They were very cold and very clammy. Gross! Yet somehow they were razors, too. Well, actually, the razors came later, but whatever. We'll get there. So she started screaming out, as one does. Yeah, because she's being attacked by a zombie. Exactly. He's trying to kiss her. Disgusting. Oh, he's not trying. He's definitely kissing her. Okay, well, you know He's trying to do other things. Yes. But, so she screamed, started making a scene. He let her go. Of course. And the next night, he attacked another girl. Oh, how nice of him. And he did this by leaping in front of the carriage that was taking her home. And he didn't actually, like, it says he attacked a girl, but really the only person he injured was the coachman. Ah. Because in attempting to avoid hitting him, the coachman swerved hard and mm-hmm. crashed to a ditch. What about and, the horses? I mean, I'm sure the horses were hurt, but the only thing it meant is the coachman was severely injured. Hmm. And it is said that onlookers saw Jack leap away. Um, so, like, he leapt up over nine feet into the air. Oh, wow. And just bounded away, maniacally laughing as he fled. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> it's like a giant bunny rabbit that laughs. Yeah. You know how creepy bunnies are? Um, so creepy. Ironically, they're one of the few things that I don't think are creepy. <laughs> they're one of the few things I do think are creepy. <laughs> That's actually true. There's a lot of things I don't think are creepy, but. <laughs> bunnies. The little beady eyeballs. So. Your laughter. Terrible. So after those attacks, like it skips forward into January 1838, when Jack's finally declared a um, public menace. Oh, but he's only attacked two people. I'm sure he attacked more, but those are the two like most prominent ones before he became. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and that was when the Lord Mayor of London, during mm-hmm. a public session, I'm guessing of all like the lords of the area, sure, sure, uh, addressed the rumors about it. Mm-hmm. And he was very skeptical in his in his report, you know, basically saying, "Oh, well, this is probably just some drunk, This is probably just some drunken noble kids who are just trying to have a laugh, because <laughs> this is what you did back then for a laugh. <laughs> you impersonated a giant bunny. Yeah, that's hilarious. I guess. Um. So yeah. Well, he was skeptical. There were other lords in the session who reported that their servants had experienced similar accounts as to what were revealed. So there were other oh. people in their employ that were saying, yeah, no, we're walking home and we're just, we're getting attacked. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they probably had a nicer voice than what I said it as. Yeah, maybe. Probably. They, they probably had a British accent. Yeah. We're not going to do one because I don't want to insult our British audience. Okay. It's fine. You can do one. No, no, I can't. Okay. I lived there and I could not. Okay. <laughs> I tried. No, I didn't. I didn't try. It was not about to try that. 
So as is similar today, the media um, reported on this extensively, causing a massive frenzy. Well, yeah. Um, and they began reporting encounters where people were killed due, oh. to the, due to just the scare of, you know, a random dude jumping out of an alley. They have like a heart attack or something? Yeah, I guess they died of fright. Oh. They died of the physical act of being scared or they went into ep- they had seizures. Oh. Like they were so scared they started seizing. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, they call it fits back then. Cause, you know, I mean, I didn't know you could yeah. be scared into a seizure. Yeah, apparently. Huh. Weird. So the police were ordered to track him down as, you know, they police do. Are supposed to do. As police are supposed to, especially when there's a menace out there. And a very large reward was issued to anybody who could help them catch him. How much? It did not say. Oh. I know. But they didn't catch him. I could go catch him now. No, they didn't. See? He's still running around. He's hopping around, probably. Yeah, probably. I could go catch him, but we're not allowed in the, we're not allowed in any other countries right now, are we? No, we're pretty I think we're, well, I don't know. <laughs> we're banned. No, no, we are not allowed in England right now. No, I don't know about that, because England's not part of the EU. The EU banned traffic from America. Oh, I thought the UK did, too. The UK might have. I don't know. I just I know. I knew the EU did. Well, I thought the UK banned us. Anyway, for anybody listening to the future, this episode was recorded during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. Scream inside your heart. I'm going to just put that out there in case the future people are listening. The future people? Yes. <laughs> uh, hello, future people. Just saying this could be like a fault situation. Does George where people ever just... have a girlfriend? Wow. Okay. Kidding. Kidding. You know, I can just leave. <laughs> I'll take my laptop with me. We can't record. I can record on my phone. <laughs> but can you edit it? No, no, I can't. It won't let me. Exactly. It was a joke. They all, the future people know that. Do they, though? I don't know. <laughs> what if they answer that for you? Like, no, we did not. Nope. Well, we'll never know. It's true, hopefully. Because we'll forget what they're talking about by then. Probably. The future people. Yeah. So anyway, his the two most famous attacks um, were, that were reported were on a Miss Lucy Scales. And a Miss Jane Alsop. Huh. With Jane Alsop's one being the more reported for some reason. I don't know. Maybe she was well known. Maybe. Comparatively. Maybe. I don't, um, I don't know. But her attack occurred on February 19th, 1838. Mm-hmm. Where she answered the door for a man who claimed to be the police. Okay. Uh, the man, after she got to the door, asked her to get a candle because he said, we found a guy who we think is spring Jack, but I need a light to see him. Oh. So she got a candle, and as she's bringing it back to him with within arm's reach, he casts aside his cloak oh. and begins vomiting blue and white flames at her. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not weird. His... Well, it's kind of like police lights. Now it is. I don't think they were then, but... Probably not. <laughs> his eyes, she described, were red balls of fire. Of course, they were. Mm-hmm. He grabbed her, and um, as his M.O. suggests, began stripping her down with his claws. Of course. Um, she was able to escape his grasp for a little while, started running away. He quickly snatched her up again, started continuing on with his assault. She continued screaming, which alerted the house. And he then ran away. But so, question, because 
every other thing we've heard about him so far is he grabs people as they're like walking down the street or mm-hmm. driving their little carriage down the street. Why would he go to someone's house? He's getting more brazen. He's getting more bold. And he pretended to be the police. He did. Interesting. He did, he did. So they um they investigated a lot of people trying to figure out who this was. Mm-hmm. And they actually had a guy that they really liked for it. But they had to let him go because um jump nine feet in the air. Because Miss Alsop insisted the attacker had metal claws, and as the man who um insisted he had metal claws and that he literally he actually did throw fire up. And the man that they had and were pretty sure it was, Riley admitted, Yeah, I don't have metal claws for a hand and I, I can't throw up fire, so wrong with you so it wasn't me <laughs> oh okay so yeah they let her they let it go because this girl who was severely traumatized after this attack insisted on it right of course anyway. because people suffering trauma never get anything wrong right. not to like blame a victim here but sometimes <laughs> things are not remembered correctly <laughs> yeah and it was probably dark mm-hmm so, nine days later, mm-hmm. he attacks Miss Lucy Scales while she and her sister are returning home from visiting their brother. Oh. Similar to his usual MO, he approaches the group, of, he approaches the two girls from the alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy is in front of her sister because her sister is like the younger sister. She's you know, trying to be protective. And he's approaching them from the alley, spurting fire. Oh, back to the fire. Yes, back to the fire. She fell to the ground um, and started seizing. Oh. Which, for some reason, decided Jack was like, oh, okay, never mind, and left. So the, the, the younger sister ran back to her brother's house, got him. He got the sister, calmed her down, which took several hours. Like, she was seizing for several hours, according to the brother, which hmm. is a long time. That is a very long time. Um, and once again, similar with the last one, a lot of people were brought in, but they were all quickly released because there was no... No fire breathing. No fire breathing or metal claws. Huh. huh. So, after these two attacks and all the subsequent media coverage surrounding it, uh, Spring Hill Jack became a pretty household name. Although, ironically, as his publicity grew, the sightings became less frequent. Huh. And it wasn't really until, so he kind of faded away from the public eye um, until 1877 when he was up, when he was approached a group of soldiers in um, some barracks. I can't remember where, and I didn't write it down for some reason. But he approached the barracks and he approached a soldier and he just starts wailing on the guy. (laughs) Why? Doesn't say, he just, he just starts wailing on him, and then the guy breaks away, gets far enough away that he can, like, aim his gun at the guy, at the figure, and shoots him. To no effect. Like, it, it has no effect on Jack at all. He just, I don't know if he, I don't know if he chuckled or what, but after he got, sh- after the shot, the soldier reported that he, like a kangaroo or like a big rabbit, just made incredible bounds away and escaped quickly through a series of leaps that no human being should have been able to do. Nice. 
So there, and there were a couple of other soldier. There are a couple other sightings similar to that where a group of soldiers encountered him. They fired rounds. Nothing happened, and then after the rounds were fired, he quickly fled. There's even a village that supposedly cornered him, shot him with their guns, and so. But he's bulletproof. Huh? Breathes fire, and has claw hands. And he can jump. Oh, right, and he can jump. That's not even yeah. the weirdest part about him. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure he's not part of the circus? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, but after that, you know, he once again faded out really into the public eye until the last official sighting of him being in 1904. <laughs> so the big real impact that he had was more as keeping kids behaved. Right. You know, if, if you're not a well-behaved child, Spring Hill Jack's going to get you in the night. <laughs> That's nice. Well, it's like Sweeney Todd. No one ever told me Sweeney Todd was coming for me either. Oh, no, yeah, back then, parents told their kids about, they're like, if you don't get well-behaved, Sweeney Todd's going to snatch oh, you up. Oh, no, I know, they did. Guys. I mean, no one ever told me that. Oh, yeah. My grandma told me some creepy stuff. Oh, but she didn't tell you about Sweeney? It was not about Sweeney oh. Todd or Spring Hill Jack coming to get me. So, yeah, that's that was one of the ways that parents tried to keep their kids behave, which is, you know, this typical boogeyman story. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and the other thing that he really assisted in was that he helped create massive, massive amounts of fiction. Uh, he made, There were plays made about him. He was in a lot of Penny Dreadful stories. Nice. Because, um, you know, once again, Victorian people love themselves a good ghost story. It's true. And as these fiction accounts grew and grew, he eventually became, he lived long enough to see himself become a hero, to invert the Harvey Dent quote from The Dark Knight. Interesting. So he went from being a villain to a hero in some, some comics. So, um, as I stated before, some skeptics claimed that Spring Hill Jack was a nobleman who was drunk and playing, quote, pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he used basically societal fears to keep himself from being found out. There's one Duke in particular that they really kind of believed it because I guess he had he had a really bad affair with a woman. It, like it ended horribly, so he was very angry and spiteful. So mm-hmm. he acted out for a bit on that, mm. and then eventually, though, he apparently did stop because he. He found a woman that he could... His heart healed and he found a woman that he could love and she loved him and they lived happily Good. until he died. Um, and then a couple out there idea Out there, I'm going to put that in air quotes for this podcast. <laughs> um, were, are that one, Jack was an alien. Of course. Which would explain the, the breathing fire. The fire. I was thinking and, more like and, the red eyes. And, and the, the jumping. The jumping, really, that's an alien thing, I think. Yeah. Clearly. And others say he was like a phantom attacker. Oh, right. Which, I looked up what that was, because I'd never heard that description. Like a ghost? No, it. Like the description's terrible. Like, it's just like an attacker that's neither human nor inhuman. What does that mean? Right. Like, it's a terrible, it's a terrible definition. Like, I looked it up because I was curious. And it described it, and then it was like, some examples include 
and it was it listed a couple and the last one was spring little jack and i'm like thank you for that useless useless it's not human or human or it's or like it's, it's not it's, human or, or it's like not, it's human but it has superhuman abilities i i don't know it was a very weird definition that made no sense to me thank you floyd for looking at the microphone so anyway that is spring Hill jack in a nutshell good yeah so, on that note, I guess we can, unless you have anything else to add. No. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we'll take a little break here, and then we'll dive into your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Woo-hoo. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Good. Stop looking at things. You are not part of the story. We're like the dinosaurs in the movie. We're back. Oh, jeez. That's an old movie. <laughs> it's not. Talk about it. How old are you? You're old. If you remember that movie. I enjoyed that movie very much. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Now I want to watch it. Maybe if we ever have a movie date. Yeah. Would well, I do- get a couch, maybe? Yeah. Wait, do you have the movie? Or we have- would one no, of I do. I do have yes. it. Yes. It's on TV somewhere. I gotta find it. Yes. Hopefully I still have it. I should. I know I bought the DVD like a few years ago. Good. Okay. So, are we ready? Yeah, I guess so. Or, oh, okay. Um, I mean, wow. What else the did we have? The was warm there. Are you still upset about my girlfriend comment? I am. <laughs> Bitter. Yeah, I am a little salty. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good thing we're not in water. Uh, funny. Because I'd dissolve. Oh, I was thinking you'd float away. No, I'd dissolve. Oh, so anyway, not more salt water. Little way. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, back to business. Are we defeating the Huns? Yes. Okay. I'm not gonna continue what I was gonna say. I'll just be insulting you again. Um, uh, the mood today. Anyway, that is a mood today. Apparently, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, okay, I got a couple of things here for you. Okay. They all go together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because initially I was just going to talk about the McKenzie poltergeist. Okay. Uh, but to talk about the McKenzie poltergeist, I also have to talk about Grey Friars Kirkyard and the Coven- Covenanters Prison. Oh. So we're back in Scotland. We love that place. <laughs> I can't get away. Um, I don't think we want to. I, I think don't we could. think we want to. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um. We have Nessie. What else? I'm already thinking of what's next week's topic going to be. Probably something Scottish. No, I've already started my. Okay. You might have already started yours. It might also be Scotland. Anyway, (laughs) unimportant. So, let's talk about Greyfriars Kirkyard first. Um, So, this is a graveyard. Mm -hmm. Um, And this graveyard is surrounding Greyfriars Kirk in Edinburgh, Scotland. And we've already determined that I can't say things correctly, so. Yes, we have. Sorry. Um, it's located on the southern edge of the old town, which is adjacent to George Harriet's school. So if anybody knows where that is, good for you. I don't. Um, but if you want to try and look it up on a map, that'll help. Um, burials have been taking place here since the late 16th century. And there are a number of notable Edinburgh's res- ed- blah, 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 residents that are um, buried here. Um, it's also operated by the city council which is nice um 
it's linked to, but it's separate from the church. So. Okay. So, okay. Um, I get yeah. it. Um, and the Kirkyard and its monuments are protected as a Category A listed building. I don't know what that means. I thought it was important, though. It's probably like a historical designation. That was my assumption. I just didn't look it up. Um, it's also, the Kirkyard is also involved in the history of the Covenanters. Um, and the Covenanting movement began with the signing of the National Covenant in Greyfriars Kirk on the 28th of February in 1638. Mm-hmm. Um, this was following the defeat of the militant Covenanters um, at Bothwell Brig in 1679. And there were about 12,000 people that were imprisoned in a field to the south of the churchyard, um, basically like in the graveyard itself, mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy. Um, so this part of the field basically became known as the Covenanters' prison. Um, there was actually room to build up like prison cells, and they didn't do that. Just thought I'd point that out. So the first thing we're going to talk about um, in the Greyfriars Kirk here is a is Greyfriars Bobby. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had oh, to look at what category it was. Historical building type thing. Yeah, it's basically a building that has um, national oh. importance. Okay. Well, that's cool. So the first thing we're gonna talk about, like I said, um, in the graveyard, are yeah, a resident of the graveyard, I should say, mm-hmm. the graveyard, is a Greyfriars Fri- Bobby. Okay. Um, Bobby was a Sky Terrier who supposedly guarded his deceased owner's grave. Um, for about 14 years. He was a doggo. Yes, he was a dog, a little loyal dog. And then after Bobby passed away in 1872, he was buried not too far from his owner's grave. Um, and there's like a headstone. And people leave sticks there. So I did do a little research on this. And it turns out that that's not a true story. Like the headstone is there. Wow. But... Okay, first insulted my ability to ever find happiness, and now you're to tell me a good a good boy wasn't that wasn't real. I know. I was really upset because like everything I was reading was saying it was real, and then I came across this thing that's like it's not. So I could be wrong, but so like if if, it's more like a local, like an urban legend than like an actual. Listen, Scottish people that listen thing. to this podcast, if you know for sure if this is real or not, let us know. Because what I was told is this not, but. We need some positivity over here in the United States. You know what's going on (laughs) in July of 2020. I I had to mention that, though, because there's a headstone and people leave sticks. And so, like, yeah. Um, Then the Covenanters Prison. Um, This is the National Covenant, like I mentioned, and it was saved in the graveyard because that was a legal free public assembly or it was a place of legal free public assembly in 1638. And since they weren't supposed to be doing what they were doing, they signed it in the graveyard. Um... So that's kind of fun. Yeah. I guess. Could be, yeah. Yep. Um, And so, like I said, they were basically um, put into this graveyard. Like, they used the graveyard as their prison, um, and then the name Covenanter's Prison stuck, Mm -hmm. even though they didn't actually build a real prison there. Um, And the prisoners ended up spending over four months outside in the graveyard um, awaiting trial, they didn't have shelter. Ooh, um, some, pre, some pre-jail jail. Yeah, it was not great. Um, they were given a daily food allowance of four ounces of bread. That's a lot of bread. 
I'm joking. Yeah. Um, and they were pretty inhuman, like, inhumane conditions. I mean, for that time, they probably weren't, but, yeah. Oh, no, they were. Um, this was described as the world's first concentration camp. Oh, okay. Never mind. I lied. Yeah. Um, most, a lot of the prisoners were executed, and then hundreds of them just died from, like, the conditions of lack of shelter and food and water, and you're not, like, somewhere warm all the time. Not imagine it's very cold. Yeah. So, um, the area was open to public view until around 1990, but after that, um, the city of Edinburgh Council decided that because of, um, the vandalism and drug use in the area that they were going to make it, um, like, they were going to block it off, because why not? As, as what does. Yes. Um, and so, they, it is open, um, to tours with this group called City of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And um, you can go visit the Black Mausoleum, which is what we're about to talk about in a second here. Yeah. And I do have, um, because the Black Mausoleum is part of the Grey Friars Kirkyard, which is obviously a graveyard and part of the Covenanters Prison because it was part of the graveyard, Mm -hmm. which is why I talk about all of it. So you understand. Um, So I do have a little uh, thing here from one of the reviews from a visitor. Of the, like, on one of the tours. Mm-hmm. Um, so this visitor was named Angela Hamilton. Okay. She said she could not catch her breath while visiting one of the prison cells. Um, it felt as though there were a hand over my mouth. I couldn't see anything. Then I started to feel faint, and the next thing I knew, I was sitting on the ground. Everyone was asking if I was all right, but I was really confused. The next morning, I woke up with a bruise on my left cheek and my neck. I couldn't believe it, as I was not aware of hurting myself when I fainted. I started feeling it must have been something to do with a ghost. So let's just keep that in mind for now. This, okay. This may sound start to sound real familiar a little later on. Now we're going to jump back over to this lovely man named George McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, A.K.A. the McKenzie Poltergeist, maybe? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. We'll see. Hmm. So the first thing to know about good old George here is his nickname, at least amongst the prisoners, uh, was Bloody McKenzie. I wonder why. We'll find out in a second. So Sir George McKenzie. Ooh, he was a sir. Of Rose Howe. Hugh Howe. Um, yes, he was a sir. Uh, 1636 or, to, or 1638. I got different. Um, Years, depending on where I was looking, to mm-hmm. 1691. He was a Scottish lawyer, Lord Advocate, essayist, and legal writer. Um, he was born the son of Sir Simon Mackenzie and Elizabeth Bruce, which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like their names. Um, he was educated at King's College, University of Aberdeen, and the University of St. Andrews and University of Bourget in France. Sorry about that one. Uh, he was elected to the Faculty of Advocates in 1659 and spoke in defense at the trial of Archibald Campbell, Marquis of Argyle in 1661. Just kind of fun. Um, and then he also acted as Justice Deputy from 1661 to 1663 at a post which involved him extensively in witch trials. So keep that in mind, too. 
I feel like I covered witch trials. You did cover the Paisley witch trials. Oh, okay. Not, I didn't cover all the witch trials. Well, I mean, I think those were probably important. Um, so well, yeah, we can they, see he was knighted, and he was a member of the Scottish Parliament um, from 1669 to 1674. Like I said, in 1677, he became Lord Advocate, and he was a member of the Privy Council of Scotland. So he was kind of important, I guess. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway. Um, as, like, his job as Lord Advocate, he was kind of responsible for persecuting policy of Charles II in Scotland against the Presbyterian Covenanters. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this comes in. Play. He imprisoned about 1,200 um, people in that little prison in the graveyard, which is kind of a lot. Um, like I said, a lot were executed. A lot of them just died from other things. Um, and that's what really gained him the nickname of Bloody Mackenzie, just because he was not, um, all that, you know, thought of fondly by anyone <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, so that's fun. Also, so he was, and then he ended up, like I said, he was buried in the graveyard, mm-hmm. um, you know, where... Or he buried so many others? Yes. So it's kind of fun. Um, it is a little bit of poetic justice. Yeah. So one one little thing here about his little grave. There's more to come, but this one was really fun. So I had to put it in now. Uh, 2003. Yes. There were two teenage boys, aged 17 and 15. They broke into the graveyard, and then they broke into his tomb via a ventilation slot, like in the back. What tomb needs a ventilation sh- slot? I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not. It's sealed now. Why um, wasn't it? Why, <laughs> we don't know if he's really dead. Let's give him a way to breathe just in case. Exactly. Um. So they somehow reached like the lower vault that had the coffins in it. They broke the coffins open and stole a skull. As. As you do. As you do. <laughs> um, the police arrived as they were actually playing football with the skull on the grass. And by football, I do mean. Soccer. You mean, I mean Americans call it soccer. Soccer. Yeah, I mean football, not American football, but like right, right. I just, kind. Kick, kick, kick. Since since most of our audience is American, I decided to just call it soccer. Yeah. Okay. Well. Sorry that. for our international audience. I do know it's called football in the rest of the civilized world. Yeah. Well, I wrote it for anyway. Not important. <laughs> I wrote it that way because I knew what I meant. I um, know you did. I either just... way, they were playing sport ball with the head. Sport ball, I like it. Yep. Um, they just barely escaped prison, apparently, because there was some weird, I don't really understand, like, the whole legal well, bit of it, but they did just barely. I bet the thing is, if you score a sick goal on the police officers. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, they scored a goal. Yeah, they scored um, a goal. Okay. So, what's a poltergeist? Because that's the, the point of the story, is we're going to talk about McKinsey. The are, McKinsey poltergeist. Are you asking me this rhetorically? I mean, kind of, yeah. Okay. Then I won't Do answer. Do you know? I mean, I know that it's it, it it's like a weird <laughs> mix. But it's not like it's not like a full on ghost, but it has aspects of a ghost. Okay, that's I mean not a bad answer. So what? Just you know, grab the dictionary definition. Mm-hmm. Poltergeist is a noisy, usually mischievous ghost held to be responsible for unexplained noises such as knockings. That is literally what the dictionary says. Such as Oh, no, they say rappings, but we mean knocking. Like, that's not a great definition. Um, yeah, that. 
Uh, synonyms for that would be apparition, boogie, familiar spirit, ghost, haunt, materialization, phantasm, phantom, shade, shadow, specter, spirit, spook, sprite, vision, visitant, or wraith. Yeah, that's really annoying. Um, and like I was saying, a lot of words for that. Um, in ghost lore, a poltergeist, which is actually German for noisy ghost or noisy spirit, is a type of ghost or spirit that's responsible for physical disturbance, such as loud noises or objects being moved or destroyed. Um, but then also, like, tradition, like, other... Places saying like a poltergeist is not actually a spirit, but like an energy that's not human. So yeah, take that with what you will. It's basically a ghost. Sorry, Floyd's trying to kiss George now. I know you're so exacerbated. That yeah, he got mad. He couldn't kiss you. Okay, Floyd, we are recorded. Moving on. Now let's talk about some sightings and encounters. With this Mackenzie ghost. As we get some ASMR. Floyd, come here and sit down and stop licking things. Like the microphones. Nobody wants to hear you lick a microphone. You're not very good background music. Okay. So the attack supposedly started in around 1999-1998. Again, I got a couple different years depending on what I was looking at. They all had basically the same story, just... The year was off in a couple of them. Okay. But I think most of them did say 99. Um, so there was a homeless man who ended up breaking into McKenzie's vault. Okay. Um, he was, like, cold and whatever. Yeah, and, he wanted... And he wanted a place to go, so he, he wanted, broke Yeah, in. he wanted to get out of the wind. Yeah. He actually tried to break into one of the caskets. Well, he really wanted to get out of the wind. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but whatever. Well, no, I, I get it. I mean, I don't want to break into a casket, but okay. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's an enclosed space where he's... The whole, the whole tomb is enclosed. Well, no, it's... He shut the door. No, but it's even more enclosed. Well, I know. Because just... I'm sure that tomb was drafty. I'm sure, but... But no, it's it's a nice enclosed space where he could yeah. probably... He, his body, he could insulate it. Yeah, well, too bad, because he apparently he um, somehow stepped backwards and fell into an old pit containing the rotting remains of plague victims from, like, hundreds of years before. Nice. That nobody was aware were there anymore because it, it was, was not marked. It was, it was yeah. a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, and they weren't really marked. Yeah. So he ran screaming from the Black Mausoleum, which is what the tomb is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a man walking his dog yeah. at that time, walking by, and he sees a man come screaming and running at him out of a tomb, and he freaked out and thought it was a zombie. And As the homeless does. man is running towards the dog walker, thinking he can get help. And when the dog and the man walking his dog and the dog take off running and screaming, the man, uh, the homeless man, assumes that the dead guy is following, is following him. him. So he screams louder and takes and just starts running after this man. <laughs> so it's Aww. really quite comical. Aww. Like it's it is it isn't, but it is. <laughs> it's hilarious because the homeless man also claimed that the uh, there was movement inside the coffins. Hmm. So he thought the spirits were coming after him. Um, or vampires. I don't know. Um, but apparently this kind of unleashed some sort of evil force. Mm-hmm. That's what we're being told. Yeah. So somewhere between 1990 and 99, when, you know, he broke in, in 2006, there were a, 
around 350 reported attacks, and then 150, 170, wow, that was, let's try that again, 170 reports of people collapsing um, while visiting the, the tomb. Okay. Um, nighttime visitors, like on the ghost tours, reported being cut, bruised, bitten, scratched, and most commonly, they would just like black out mm-hmm. and faint. Um, some complained later of bruises, scratches, and gouge marks on their bodies, uh, but no daytime events were reported. Mm. Which is, I don't know why. And that's kind of typical. I think so, yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, oh, and like I had mentioned before, after that, the, like, the graveyard was basically closed off except for to, like, the... The tours after the um, initial break-in with the homeless man and the zombie encounter. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I think I already mentioned it, though. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I don't know. I'm on the Villains Wiki to look at this information, too. Oh. And it's got interesting banners. Yes. So we're going to go to the not-as-fun wiki. Okay, maybe. I.e. the Wikipedia. Um, so then I found an encounter that somebody wrote about on Reddit. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be kind of fun to look at. Um, this was posted about six years ago, and their username has since been del- since been deleted. So whatever. Coward. Okay then, George. I'm most of the time on Reddit for deleting it. Got it. Or him for deleting it. I don't care. One of them's a coward. Okay. So on a ghost tour in Edinburgh, we were taken into the tomb of the Mackenzie Poltergeist. It was just before midnight in a graveyard on a bitterly cold November night. We were warned about the injuries previous visitors had sustained. Scratches, bruises, hair pulling, bite marks, blood drawn, etc. The group we were with were believers. I wasn't. I like how they said I wasn't. Like, hey, they're my dudes. Or my lady. I don't know. What well, they, as in I wasn't, as in past tense, I was not a believer. But now hey. I hey, I don't believe in ghosts, but <laughs> as I stated in a previous episode, if more than once. If evidence changes, okay. I'll adjust my view. Well, we were asked if we wanted to wait outside while the guide told the tale. I, of course, declined. Coward. I moved right to the back of the tomb. It's freezing and the air smells wrong. The story begins. The deeds of Bloody Mackenzie and the witch trials he presided over. The guide is a theater student working part-time to earn beer money. And the tale is well told, full of drama and passion. The crowd grows still. They begin to whisper and someone points. They point into the night behind the guide at the graveyard outside the tomb. Most people begin to look. The guide doesn't seem to notice. Ooh. Something's going on. Two figures stand outside, glowing pale green, floating two feet above the ground. (laughs) Stage effects. (laughs) They They were watching us. Talking to each other, pointing at us. The tomb grows colder. Still, I just don't believe in ghosts, but still I can't deny what I'm seeing. I can smell the fear in my gut spasms. I'm scared. The two of them are still watching us, pointing at us, laughing. They float there in the moonlight, glowing. I like this. This is funny. The guy turns and leaves, not even noticing the pair. We have to leave. The group are reluctant to leave the damp closeness of the tomb. We filter out slowly. 
Finally, it's my time to step out into the night. As I cross the threshold, I see it. The ghosts are just people. They stood up off the ground on an old stone. They were part of the group and hadn't wanted to enter the tomb. They stood outside to smoke and listen, and in the moonlight, they had luminescent like specters. The ghosts weren't real, but the fear in that tomb that night had been. <laughs> I like that. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> Of course it was two real people. They didn't even know they were scaring everybody. They just didn't want to go in. Because they're cowards. Probably, and they ended up terrifying everybody else. So, that's not everything, though. Here's more. Um, so, there were two different exorcisms that took place in this um, graveyard. Mm-hmm. You know, people trying to exorcise the uh, spirits. Um, and so, interestingly enough, um... Did they get him the Ghostmaster 9000? No. Aww. So let's talk about Colin Grant. Okay. Colin Grant was a minister of a spiritualist church, and he also owned, was the owner of the Clairvoyant Shop on St. Mary Street in Edinburgh. I don't think it's still there. I didn't look. Um, in November of 99, he went to the Greyfriars Kirkyard and performed an exorcism. He did this in front of the local press, and he made the claim that he had cast out all the spirits that have been trapped in the graveyard for centuries. Um, according to people that were there, as the exorcism came to an end, like a dark shape was seen moving across a window in the church. And if you remember my description of where everything was laid out, there's a church right there, which makes sense. But yeah, apparently like they all saw this like big shadow move across the windows. But at the time, the church was locked and empty. So, somebody moved across, moved through there. Um, and they actually were able to get a photo of it. That's by the priest. Um, you the, can see the photo online. It's kind of neat. That's by the priest. Um, maybe. I don't know. You can't really tell. Like, I don't know. It just looks like a shadow. So, it's kind of weird. I don't, I've never been inside that church, so I can't tell you. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's, I don't, I don't know. It's probably got some stained glass in, and I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know. I'm sure it wasn't midday. Well, it was during the day. I didn't say that it wasn't. I just said it's not during oh, the day. Oh, no. Either way. Um, so there's this lady, Susan Burrell, who was there with the Edinburgh Evening New. Evening New? News, probably. Maybe. Um, uh, and she was actually able to take a picture, like I said, and the shape. Um, you can see it. But anyway, she's only took it. Um, Grant's visit to the graveyard was brought on by a visit to the Coventry's, pri- Coventry's prison. Um, he was there to investigate the claims that had been made by Jan Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, that at least 49 people were taking part in his ghost walks that had been taking part, sorry, like over eight months and had claimed to have paranormal experiences. Uh, many of them actually ended up like with scratches and cuts and things on their faces and they were kind of hard to explain away after a while just because so many people kept getting like they'd walk into the start the tour, no cuts on their face. At the end of the tour, they'd be all up. Maybe they shouldn't be so clumsy and falling on themselves. Got some vicious bugs in there. I don't know. Um, so then, about two, only two months after the exorcism, exorcism, um, where he claimed to have freed all of those trapped spirits, reports started being made again about paranormal activity in the area. It did stop for about two months, but then it came back. Then January 26th, just a couple months later, um, he was had expressed like to one of his friends or somebody that he was worried that his work was going to end up killing him. <laughs> I feel that way some days. 
Yes. So he then died of a heart attack um, during a seance at his shop. Right after, like, within, like I said, about two months after his exorcism. Um, Coke. Well, a lot of people believe or blame the um, Mackenzie Poltergeist as what caused his heart attack. Even though it was, like, two months later. Yeah, like, shut up. Don't breathe into the microphone. Okay, I'm almost done. So, <laughs> last thing I have. I have, I grabbed a couple of reviews for the City of the Dead tour. Uh-huh. So if you want to go to the tomb, you can go see it yourself. Okay. And um, the only way to do that, like I said, is the City of the Dead tour. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple of reviews. This one is from March 2016. Um, and the headline is Scary, Creepy in the Vaults and Look at My Picture. What do you think? Five stars. I don't have the picture, but that's okay. We really wanted to make this tour in Edinburgh because paranormal activities have always caught my interest. So it was a must. Rebecca, I think was the tour guide's name, was really, really, really good telling her stories. One time I tried to boo for around a corner, walking to Cow Street, heading toward the vaults. It was scary and creepy down there. How horrible to know that people had lived and died there. Well, at the end of the tour, I decided to take some pictures while it was dark and creepy in the cemetery through the Mackenzie Mausoleum Gate. Then I took another picture through a mausoleum gate left of Mackenzie's grave. Well, nothing showed in the Mackenzie picture, but the mausoleum left to him. Well, check in my picture where I made the circles and let me know what you think. When I enlarge the picture, I see in the column... First long circle, an old man sitting, left a clear ear, then follow a suited old man with a white shirt on, chin, right hand holding a cane, no, not mad, I have showed it to others, and they see it on the picture too, under him, like a child's face, and more, crazy, wild, unreal. Next one, from January 2019. Paranormal tour that nearly made me faint. Five stars. This is the only paranormal tour that nearly made me faint after experiencing upfront paranormal activity. Fascinating and filled with history about Edinburgh's darker side, the City of the Dead tours certainly live up to their name and they are packed with incredible insight into the strange occurrences that happen in Edinburgh. Thoroughly recommend the Double Dead tour that goes to the notorious Southbridge Vaults and Greyfriars Cemetery. A must-do on your to-do list in Edinburgh. And then one more. From November of 2018. Fantastic. Double Dead Tour with Grant. Five stars. This tour is great, and our guide was Grant. He was so great, and really made this tour very interesting. Oh, he didn't make it great? No, he did not make it great. I was really hoping Grant was great. Oh, he was so great. My bad. He is a credit to the company. <laughs> surely. Surely he could be on stage. He's that great. He's that great. We did two ghost tours in Edinburgh. This double dead tour on 9th November 2018 and then on the 11th 2018, we did a tour with Mercat Tours. Although our guide was lovely with Mercat, their tour was nowhere near as good as City of the Dead. 
We caught so much more on camera with City of the Dead. I work as a medium, psychic, and, tell, and can tell you that the paranormal activity is much more active where City of the Dead take you. And they love Grant. Because he's so great. Because <laughs> he's so great. End of review. Okay. So, um, yeah. It's an interesting story. There's more, a lot more to the history that I thought would be interesting about, like, the Coven, Covenant Church prison and everything. But um, it kind of took it out because it doesn't have a lot to do with the whole Pope guys part. Yeah, that, that would definitely be, that would be more of a dark history than a ghost story thing. Which yeah, they're kind of two more. stories, but I thought it was, I had to talk about it at least a little bit because there's not something I'd ever heard of before, and it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought the I think it's fascinating that there's one tour that's allowed in this um, graveyard. Yeah. So next time I go there, um, actually I really like that city. Next time I go, I will totally be checking out one of those tours. Be fun. Whenever we're allowed out of the country. Anyway. If we're ever allowed out of the country. <laughs> if we're allowed out of the country, I want to go traveling again. And that'd be traveling. terrible if we never got to leave America again. Yeah. Like you think- say that a little louder, George. Okay. Just kidding. It'd be terrible if we never. <laughs> <laughs> if we never got you to don't travel tell the world. All the people that are like, America is the greatest country in the world. Forever and always. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I want to travel into the other countries. I know. Me too. I want to have some evidence to back that up. I'd like to be a world citizen. No. Futurama yeah. has it right. You get to travel to other world planets. Futurama does have it right. Anyway, I think that's all for my my um Mackenzie Poltergeist. Unless you have any questions. Nope. Nope. So anyway, basically. They're claiming that Mackenzie is a... So, that's... Well, that's why I included the definition of poltergeist. Yeah. Because a lot of things I was reading, like, he's called... The, it's called the Mackenzie poltergeist. Mm-hmm. But if it is truly Mackenzie, uh, good old George, um, he would not really be a poltergeist so much as a spirit. Yeah. A ghost. He's not... He's not a poltergeist. He's he, a ghost. He's, he's not active enough to be a poltergeist. Yeah, so I was kind of confused. I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, he didn't really, doesn't really, and I found a couple articles actually talking about that, where they're like, doesn't really follow suit with a normal poltergeist. That's why I, I did that, I did my definition of it was, because like, I knew the noisy part of it. Yeah, poltergeist are supposed to, it's just like energy that's like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but it's not, um. Like a person necessarily. Yeah. So, but that's called the Mackenzie Poltergeist. I don't know. I think if it's anything, then it's probably the spirit of all those angry prisoners that died for no reason. I guess the other reason it's called that maybe not be because of the activity, but maybe from the intent because that's exuded. Right. That was the other thing I was hearing. Some people are like, well, maybe it's just all that negative energy from all those poor prisoners. Um, no. I don't know that I'd call them poor. Well. I mean, they were poor, but. Yes. From the prisoners that died um, out in the cold. Yeah. Because Mackenzie put them there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think that's all I have for now. If you're going to take it. You're going to let me. <laughs> nope. Okay. We're not playing fetch right now. No, he's just wanting to chew fetch it on Fetch is not leg. happening. Yeah, he just wants to chew it on my leg. Yes. So just ignore that. Isn't that a line from uh, Mean Girls though? Like fetch. Or is that fetch? They're trying to make fetch happen. Quit trying to make fetch happen. I don't know. Okay. But I need a new host, apparently. 
Who knows? You need a new host for a lot of reasons. <laughs> chick flicks. Why don't you know chick flick references? Um, Blink-182 dislike. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure. Okay. No, that's like your main flaw. Anyway. <laughs> it's your fatal flaw. Your lack of... You'll see. You'll see. The end times will come and the blue men of... The mensch will come and they'll be like, what is the Lex line in this Blink-182 song? And you won't know! The irony is if I do, though, would that be hilarious? No, because then we're all gonna live! If you don't know, we all die. No, I'm saying, what if I do know it? Well, that's good! Like, if it's like the one Blink-182 song that I can adequately guess the lyrics to. Then that'd be okay. And, you know, I'll just choose a Hawthorne Heights song. Then we'll all die. (laughs) Yeah, but it'll be great. (laughs) No, it won't! Yeah, We'll no, go, we'll go wait. Up. Hawthorne Heights. Was that the one my cousin knows? I mean, they're out of Ohio. Then yes, that's the one. She was like, I don't know if she dated the dude or just like was friends with him. I don't know. No, neither. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, so do we have anything else to talk about today? I don't think so. Our episode's getting kind of long today. Yeah. No, I think we're I think we're pretty much done. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. Oh yeah, this week we're gonna have a bonus episode on Friday. We are? Yes, we are. Did I not tell you that? No, this is news to me. <laughs> Oopsies, I swear I told you. Anyway. I think you told me in your head. <laughs> Whatever. I'll find the text messages later. Um Okay. <laughs> so guys, I hope you're having a good week. Yeah. Um apparently we'll be back on Friday. <laughs> because I swear I texted you about it. Anyway. No, I know you told me you have the notes prepared for the bonus episode. Yeah, for this week. I don't remember this week. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway. Anyway. Until then, I've been Jeff. And I'm Rachel. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. I mean, I'm so Rachel, but like... <laughs> Rewind. Um, find us on social media. Oh, Grandma, yeah. tell me a scary story. The it's podcast. If you just Google that, you'll find you'll us. You'll find us. Um, you can email us at grandmothepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your spooky stories. Or if you've been to that ghost tour in Edinburgh. Yeah, or you can tell me, I don't know what, tell me something fun, fascinating, interesting. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay. Sorry. I've been Rachel. I've been Jeff. <laughs> and this is Grandma. Tell and me Floyd's been next. here. Oh, don't forget the Floyd. Yeah. Oh, he's quiet now. Yeah. Okay, so this has been Grandma. Tell me a scary story. Yep. <laughs> so, good night. Night. Breathe in, breathe out. On my knees, I close my eyes. I want to feel you Breathe in, breathe out For God, that sound Breathe in, breathe out Breathe in, breathe out For God Breathe.